Um, shall we do like a, a mindfulness thing? Three deep breaths. Cheers. Are you using your uh, mindfulness dice? Did you take it with you? I think I have them here, but I couldn't can't find them. So they might be still in the office. I'm not sure. Uh, I think that I, I think I took them, but I took so much stuff. I'm like, where are they? But I do. I did bring the cards, but I'm not sure about the dice. I will look, go and look for them uh, uh, next time to see if I can find them uh, wherever they are. I took like eight suitcases, so I was like, what the heck? Where where's everything? One, two. Hello, lovely people. Welcome to Walkie Talkie. I am here with uh, Abigail. And I'm here with Jochem. And this is a podcast for students where each week we discuss a topic related to student life or whatever else is going on in our lives. We review a topic and speak of our experiences with it and it's a great way to relax between your studies. And yeah, the podcast is uh, called Walkie Talkie because, well, yeah, uh, we walk and talk. And the topic for this week's episode is six ways to improve your life. Abigail, the Gilster. Uh, Abigail, what is our topic of today? What are we discussing today? You, you thought of this topic. You put it out there uh, so you can introduce it. Uh, I did. And I've, I've come up with this topic kind of prematurely, I think. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about six ways to improve your life. And we're not doing this from a standpoint of we're perfect we're gurus we're like heaven sent this is more sort of like just tips for you guys as students um to kind of help your lives and just sort of get you on a more happy positive track right yeah so some small tips uh you know some sort of i guess learnings or things that you know may have helped us at certain points in our lives or whatever and that you know may be interesting or helpful yeah to students to sort of yeah maybe uh, get both feet on the ground and sort of find ways, uh, you know, to deal with certain things or, you know, maybe, you know, take life up uh, a notch or so in terms of happiness or productiveness or effectiveness or whatever you want it to be, but sort of, yeah, to keep, uh, you know, uh, as a way of improving. And, you know, it doesn't have to work for you, uh, whatever, maybe it works at certain stages in life or whatever, but both of us sort of thought, all right, let's just jot down three things uh, move around, uh, move through them one by one, and see see if you know if they're maybe interesting. And you know we can be critical about each other. You can mm -hmm. sort of bash mine if you want to. <laughs> I'm totally fair with that. So Jochem's tips are going to be a bit more logical than mine, but that's just how we work. Um, <laughs> so my first tip to improve your life. I don't have to do the sort of one 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 one. Shall we do it again? <laughs> tip number one 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 one. one, one, one. <laughs> Yeah, so my tip number one uh, is to say affirmations. So a lot of people are doing this now. Um, I've been doing this for like years and years. Um, and these can be affirmations that are like, um, I'm super lucky or everything always works out for me. Or it could be something specific like I have X, Y, Z. Um, or I'm a good person, or I always get good grades. So you could affirm, I'm one of the best students in my class, something like that, right? And it builds up this kind of like positive um, reinforcement in your brain. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to talk too much about the science affirmations because I'm not a scientist and I don't study it. 
but affirmations um, rewire the neural pathways in your brain to create new beliefs. So if you say, you know, I'm the best student in my class 10,000 times over uh, for a couple of days in the week, you're going to start feeling like you're the best student in your class, right? And you don't have to do it um, all the time. You don't have to sit there like a banshee like I do, just affirming for hours on end. You could just do five to 10 minutes um, in the day, or you could say some stuff in the mirror. Um, that's really helpful, um, especially if you're like recovering from something. Um, and yeah, there's, I mean, there's like a small study done ages ago where they basically spoke really nice words to plants and said like, you're so beautiful, you know, you photosynthesize Mm -hmm. so well. And the plant actually grew more than the other plant that didn't have the affirmation said to it. Right. Because we're all All beings. So affirmations do help and they do improve your life and they've improved my life drastically as well i sit there and say i'm such a lucky girl such a lucky girl hmm okay and that affirmation thing you also said it's like a popular thing nowadays lots of people do it or so how come and you know is is there is there like uh you know lots of people that use the same routine and what's going on is that sort of a thing yeah i mean i think it's also to do with the rise of like people in popular culture that use affirmations so the gurus that you don't like like Joe Dispenza um, or Wayne, uh, Wayne Dwyer. Um, who's the other guy? There's another guy who uses them. Uh, Neville Goddard. So there's a couple of people in popular culture that use affirmations. I mean, Neville Goddard passed away ages ago, but his teachings have sort of been passed on. And uh, you see a lot of people on TikTok that will say things like, I'm so lucky, I'm going to affirm for this. Or a lot of people affirm for like um, money specifically Mm. they say like i have uh, like my bank account is like growing exponentially um i make twice my salary or every time i spend something i get it back twice over something like that um and i think because of uh various sort of popular figures i think more people are adopting it and adapting to it um and i know for me i sort of started getting interested in it because i was getting recommended youtube videos about it like if you affirm for this and I was already interested in that kind of area as well. Um, so that's kind of why I went into the rabbit hole of affirmations and seeing how they work and then realizing, oh, my God, if I affirm for something, it will happen. And it was kind of creepy the way you would just affirm something and the next day you'd see it. It was like, OK, this actually might work. There's some validity to it. Hmm. Yeah. And how long does it take for like an affirmation uh, to start uh, getting, you know, having effect and actually, you know, that you see its effects and whatnot? It depends how much resistance you have to the belief you're trying to affirm. So if you're trying to affirm that you're a millionaire, it's not going to happen overnight because you have a lot of resistance to the belief that you are a millionaire, right? So mm-hmm. if I said, um, uh, I've done this before, actually. If I said, like, uh, I'm going to affirm that um, I get a £100 or something, or, like, I always just receive money out of nowhere, then the next day I'll receive money out of nowhere because I don't have much resistance to the hundred pound because it's, you know, it's not major. If I said, I'm going to win the lottery tomorrow, I'd have a lot of resistance to that because I think, yeah, as if kind of thing. So my mm. brain would not be working with me. It'd be working against me. But mm. having said that, you don't have to believe your affirmations for them to be true. You just have to repeat them enough to create the new neural pathway. So if you're saying your affirmations and thinking, yeah, but I'm not the prettiest girl in the world. I never, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Just keep saying it until you build mm. the belief up in your head. Yeah. And I guess, you know, sort of the 
other way uh, it works as well. You know, a lot of people may be, you know, sort of if you have, let's say, negative thoughts or sort of, uh, you know, thoughts that are more on the negative side of things that aren't positive sort of aspirations, like you were saying with the affirmation, it's, it goes the same way. Also, that becomes a repetitive scheme and you start believing in it because you are sort of repeating that thought on a, on a daily basis, etc. So I guess the same sort of neural structures uh, uh, form for bad thoughts as they uh, uh, potentially indeed uh, uh, come with uh, uh, saying these affirmations on a daily basis. Of course. And, you know, you be saying negative beliefs your whole life because you get taught it through your parents um, and then you pass it on so you might be going through life thinking I'm not good enough and of course that's not true but uh, you do I mean I said this yesterday three times I said that's because I'm not good enough and then I said to myself well if you if saying you're not good enough would have worked and made you feel better you would it would have happened by now but it hasn't made Mm. you feel better so why are you saying it um, so it's catching yourself in them. And I always say, if you sat down in a dark room for 30 minutes and wrote down all the things you've said to yourself over your life, you'd make yourself sick because you would be, you know, you wouldn't realize how, uh, negative you were. And I think affirmations help with just building up those positive reinforcements. And, um, when I affirm, I imagine that I'm talking to a, like a child version of myself and I wouldn't, I wouldn't call little Abigail. I wouldn't say she's not good enough. And I wouldn't say she was worthless. I just mm. want to do that. So why mm. would I do that to myself now? Oh, yeah. That so it's sense. all about building up those, that positivity with your affirmations. So, but it's, it's difficult to rewire and it takes a while. That's why, you know, these are journeys. I see. I see. Yeah. Interesting tips. So some affirmations for students, right? Uh, you know, uh, if you, if you say it, uh, you might believe it and then it might come true. Awesome tip. Thanks. There we go. Cool. Shall I go to my tip number? And I guess that's two, two. Um, my first tip uh, that I have for students is, um, you know, I guess it comes back a little bit more to, you know, learning um, in general. And one of, you know, the tips that, that I want to bring back to students, you know, is that, you know, a lot of learning happens uh, through reading. And I'm not a great reader myself necessarily, but, you know, it does come from touching upon many uh, you know, different insights and topics. And, you know, uh, there's a very big difference in terms of learning through actually reading by yourself, sitting there mm-hmm. and putting in, you know, the effort to read, uh, then to, for example, watch a video, listen to a podcast, uh, uh, read a summary. So actually, you know, learning by reading material in full front to back. Um, and then also, you know, one of the things outside of that sort of reading purposes, I think uh, that, what is happening today is that a lot of people are learning load and load of things, right? But it's not always that they learn with like a tangible purpose. So, you know, they, they may learn about, uh, I don't know, um, uh, uh, I don't know, affirmations, but then they don't really use it, right? Uh, because then it's just, okay, mm-hmm. another thing. And then, you know, it, it's not really, uh, yeah, put into work or put, you know, into some sort of real, let's say, you know, mm. tangible things. So one of the things I think, you know, if you want to learn either that's going to be through podcasts, videos or books or whatever, you know, think about, okay, what's the purpose behind the thing that I'm trying to learn currently? Or is it just, you know, are you wasting time? So is there actually something behind it? And whether or not, you know, that can be something like in the household or, you know, uh, whatever else, is there actually the thing that you're learning is it just, you know, you learning more facts or is it actually something that you can apply in daily life? And, you know, for me, 
that is very important because otherwise, you know, the algorithms will just feed you all kinds of stuff that you're maybe interested in, but that you're not really sort of applying uh, in daily life. So, yeah, I think, you know, learning by reading, uh, you know, read more uh, because then you also link things together and, you know, learn with, let's say, a tangible purpose. So what are you currently reading? Oh, currently I'm reading a book called uh, Slouching Towards Utopia. Okay, what's that about? Uh, it's about how uh, society uh, in general has sort of become more prosperous and more knowledgeable and the, also the ability to put that knowledge into function um, uh, oh, since the sort of the 1870s to 2010. Uh, he calls it the long 20th century. Uh, so from 1870 to 2010 mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, how, how, yeah, people have become sort of more productive and over time are in a sort of a very slow uh, effort are moving towards a more uh, utopian state, as he calls it. So that's what I'm reading currently. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. I might have to read that. Yeah, uh, it's a good book. I mean, it's big and it's long. It, it could have done in half of it, but it's a great book. Uh, it's uh, by Bradford the Long, Slouching Towards Utopia. Oh, well, I'll write that down. We need a book club. <laughs> We like should. <laughs> 10 books a week and you're like, I need to catch up. <laughs> we should. That would be fun. Or is that a bit old lady? It's like, oh, me and Jochen's little book club. No, I think, you know, TikTok is also reviving books. TikTok is reviving books. So yeah, you know, book, again, yeah. yes, I'm saying, this is what I'm saying, right? I think social media, uh, people are sort of acknowledging now the limits of social media and also the downsides of social media. And they are returning back to the original knowledge sources, which is written text. So, you know, if yeah. I have a tip, you know, for students, if you want to improve in the next couple 20 years and set yourself up for, for sort of, you know, the next uh, economic growth period, you know, learn back to put back focus on reading and actually spending time with a book in the evening instead of on your phone in 30 second stints. Uh, you know, I would, uh, I think that's a great sort of capability to, to sort of reunite with. And, you know, I'm the last to say, because I'm not that good at reading, but you know, uh, you're still, say you I always call me a nerd for reading. You're like, just because she's a nerd in the library reading. <laughs> you are a nerd in the library reading, true. So you are the one to say, why, why am I giving this tip? You should be the one to give this tip. You're right. I know. I was like, the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I said, Abigail, block the algorithms. Block the algorithms out of your life. You know, you'll return back to books and become your own algorithm. <laughs> It's, no, I, it's a very good tip, though. No, very good tip, actually. And I, I do read a lot, and you know I do read a lot, so I, I reinforce that point. Um, I also, I don't watch, like, book talk on TikTok, but I do watch a couple of, like, YouTubers who talk about books. So there's actually one Dutch girl that I watch, and she's really good. And she talks about all the genres, and she breaks everything down, and it's really interesting just to see, like, her analysing how people are consuming books now as well, and how people see reading as an aesthetic thing and they don't actually care about reading the book they just want to be seen as reading the book so again it's kind of like you're talking about the uh, the knowledge sources but again it's like that is battling against a very superficial world that don't care about that they just want to be seen to be sort of pseudo intellectual or something like that well there you go and then uh, people then you know uh, when they don't read the book they're gonna watch a video about a person that did read the book i mean that's crazy so you know this is not the way to learn i mean learning you know you learn so much more by actually reading the book yourself and not watching people talk about mm -hmm. reading their book and how they read the book 
at least that's my uh, my thing. So I do think, yeah, that. But your point on aesthetics, yeah, I see that a lot too. And uh, yeah, shame on those people. Well, it's you know, if it makes them happy, that's fair enough. But you know, it's sort of what it goes against the point we were saying, and that you know, if you're trying to organize your library to look very aesthetic and not actually reading the books, then it's uh, you know, it's 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 farcical, isn't it? It's true. Actually, there was once this sort of thing on the internet. It was like hot guys reading books in public transport, and then they had pictures of guys reading oh books. Oh my god! I follow in... on Instagram. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I follow on Instagram. <laughs> Hot guys reading books in public transport. Yeah, I get tagged. Here. This doesn't this look like this person you know. I'm like, no. Mm. <laughs> it's funny though. Like, I don't do it because I care about the guys. It's more like I want to see what books people are reading. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure thing. <laughs> don't shame you care me. About don't judge me. Oh, sorry about that. Oh. Okay, shall we go to tip number three? Three, 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 three. Three, three. three. Yeah, so this is a tip that take with a pinch of salt, please. I'm not telling you or advising you. Well, maybe I am advising you, but I'm not telling you to do it, and you definitely don't have to. I'm not a doctor. I'm putting so many disclaimers here. I'm not a doctor. But magnesium is a super nice way to just slowly help improve your life because a lot of us are in a very fast-paced world, and we don't um, understand how our nervous system works a lot of the time. And so sometimes we can be like, I'm feeling really anxious and I'm not sure why, or I'm feeling very dysregulated with my nervous system. And it could be because you have a magnesium deficiency. And I'm not saying you do go to the doctors and get tested, but I certainly had one. And I've been taking magnesium every day and I can just tell I don't get anxious the way I used to. Like even in just situations that would normally get me very, very heightened, I can deal with them so much better than I used to because I feel like my nervous system is becoming more regulated. Um, and whether that's a placebo, it could be, I don't know, but I certainly feel a lot better for it. And I also did a bit of research on this because I always do before I take things. And a lot of people have said, I feel so much better in myself since I started taking magnesium. Um, and it's just certainly helpful um, if you are someone who's slightly more on the anxious side or you have some kind of um health issue that might put you more on the anxious side and i mean that but like gut issues can sometimes make you more anxious um i was prescribed magnesium by like a health practitioner um because of that and they were like once you start regulating your nervous system other health issues in your body will start to um sort of peter out and i did notice it did help a lot so there's my little sort of health tip which again take with a pinch of salt but it certainly helped me improve my life yeah, no, I see your point. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, first of all, always listen to doctors. They know best. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, sure. I can imagine that, especially if you're already sort of, you know, a little bit wound wind up. You know, let's say, for example, you're in an exam period, right? Already you are in a heightened state, uh, you know, yourself. You're sort of, you know, trying to perform at your top level and your whole body is sort of, you know, affected by that. And then I guess, you know, uh, you know, some of the some of the vital uh, um things that you that your body needs uh, might need some uh, some supplements so yeah i can imagine that it works and you know it has worked for you apparently abigail so that's uh, that's uh, that's why you should the tip is, is is valid anyway yeah like i said it is it's a personal thing and it's worked for me um, i would say the same about vitamin d which Joachim's getting a lot from the sun right now i don't get that here anymore. you're getting a lot from the sun so i have to take tablets but when the summer comes around 
I will match you on the vitamin D levels. Um, but that definitely helps your mood um, and also helps you sort of um, build your immune system and you don't get infected with colds and such as much. Or if you do get infected with it, it's not as bad as it could be. Um, and there was a lot of studies during COVID that came out about this as well. So vitamin D, B12, if you're vegetarian like we are, and magnesium are very helpful. Awesome. Thanks, Abigail. I think great tip. Yeah. Uh, tip number four, 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 four from the J boy. Um, my, <laughs> yeah, my, my fourth tip is, um, and students may recognize this, uh, you know, it's all about having, it all has to do with like, um, putting things in calendars, uh, and sort of trying to do a little bit of uh, time management or slash planning. And maybe students recognize it that as they move along, uh, from, you know, starting at the university or any other place of study, and then moving forward in the years you more and more you start depending on like a calendar system because you have appointments you have group work you have other things that you need to plan in or so uh and you know i had that as well but one of the things that i always did i i only used like my calendar for things related to studying or related to work all right so only appointments for that uh but more recently i said all right maybe actually i should balance you know both uh work and social life in calendars and it seems pretty weird that you actually schedule social life in uh, but i've started doing that uh, for a year now and uh, it's actually quite effective um, in terms of you know seeing how much time you spend on work and how much time you spend on social life and in general i try to sort of apply uh you know the the eight to eight to eight rule so it's eight hours of a day working eight hours of a day social life, other kinds of things, voluntary, uh, you know, um, maybe some sports or whatever, and eight hours of sleep. So you can basically already schedule that in if you want to. But yeah, scheduling in social life into your calendar uh, can be super helpful. And one of the examples that I'll give is uh, what I did uh, now for a couple, maybe I think it's like nine months now, is that I talk, uh, I have a FaceTime call with my mom every Wednesday. Uh, at a certain hour, uh, now it's at two. Uh, we speak to each other at two, uh, and it's every week the same. Uh, and you know, I don't care if it's in the middle of the work day. I just schedule it in, and I schedule everything around it because it's there. It's an appointment that I have, and it's mm -hmm. social. So you know, and work hours come at a, at another hour then. So and it really helps. And a lot of people are are always asking me like, doesn't take that out sort of the romance and the informal and sort of you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the pretty side of things. And, uh, yeah, to some extent, yes. But on the other hand, it's much better than never talking to your mom. The Dutch don't do romance. They do paperwork. Oh. <laughs> true, <laughs> true story. But still, I mean, it's much better than never talking with somebody or talking when it doesn't fit somebody's, uh, uh own schedule or whatnot. So yeah, you know, I talk to my mom, you know, every week for one hour at the same time. And, it, you know, it gives a lot of value to, to the both of us. So this is a way that you can sort of balance uh, social and work a bit. So yeah, calendar, scheduling your social things. Uh, and, you know, you see how the balance is then between studying, social, sleep, whatever. Uh, I also put in the gym, right? Uh, gym time uh, should also be in the calendar or any other type of sports should be in there. You can do your affirmations, you can put them in there, whatever you want, but, you know, sort of scheduling that way, I think at least to me, gave me a lot of, uh, 
a lot of uh, uh, yeah, sort of calmness uh, by doing so. And uh, yeah, it worked well for me. So I wish I had done it earlier at an earlier stage of my student <laughs> life. Uh, so that's why I'm handing you this tip, lovely students. I do. I really like that tip, and I used to sort of. Um respect it as well so if I wanted to see you but you were going to the gym I would say well, I'm not going to see you then because I want you to be disciplined with what you were doing with your schedule going to the gym yeah. or you know that kind of thing but I have similar with my dad is we have a FaceTime twice a week um, and it doesn't have to be on the same day because sometimes I prefer to speak to him when I'm at home and not in the office so mm-hmm. the days do change but we try to always always speak on a Sunday about half one after he's had his lunch so we do kind of have a similar sort of schedule, but it's not as rigid as sort of has to be at this time, just because of like, you know, sometimes in here and out there and obviously he's got different things going on. But yeah, I think that's a really good, um, really good idea. Yeah, sure. And of course, I also reschedule sometimes and sometimes it's an hour early, hour later, different day. But, you know, the fact that it's in there. Uh, already makes you aware that you should do it and otherwise time's flying by right and you've not done it maybe so I think by having like a weekly reminder of you know that sort of um, I guess agreement you made uh, with yourself uh, helps you then to actually uh, doing it Uh, and by the way another point and this comes from it's sort of related uh, but I remember that as a student right I used to do a lot of uh, rumination, so a lot of overthinking things, right? Uh, basically, the opposite of your affirmations, rumination, <laughs> uh, where you're sort of, you know, thinking, oh, well, won't this be a problem? And do I have enough time for that? And am I good enough for this? And basically, a whole continuous thought process during the day. And uh, well, one that's of the, an affirmation, though. Well, yeah, but it's a, it's a negative one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So maybe it's more confirmation. <laughs> well, yeah, a negative confirmation it was. And I used to do that all the time through rumination, right? You're thinking about things um, and overthinking things uh, and not letting it go. And again, one thing that should you have this rumination problems, if you want, you can schedule that in as well. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that you can do is say, okay, I don't ruminate during the day. I'll try to do it between <laughs> seven and eight in the evening. Uh, and one of the funny things is, is that actually uh, what, what will happen is then that you will see that often when you decide, okay, let's stop it now and only do it this evening. In the evening, you're no longer really thinking about it uh, because the problem already solved itself. But uh, look, uh, it doesn't always work. I mean, lots of people have big problems with rumination, uh, but uh, yeah, should you, uh, should, you, uh, should you be interested in, I will, while you are talking, I will look at the title of the book that I read on this uh, and then uh, I'll give that to the people because uh, yeah, this is a, a great tip. Um, the book that I was discussing is called Live More, Think Less. Live More, Think Less by Dr. Pia Callison. Live More, Think Less. Thinking less, well, that would be a result, wouldn't it? But uh... Yeah, well, you can get there, I guess. We all can. Um, all right, shall we go to tip number five? Okay, so my tip is like generally, it's a quite a vague, broad one. And that is to sort of start aligning yourself to a more authentic version of yourself. And by that, I mean, don't do things for other people. So 
when you're studying, uh, you often want to impress your parents um, to feel like you, if if that's your situation, uh, to make sure that, you know, they're proud of me and, you know, all this time is paid off. You want to be able to uh, get a good job so you can, you know, exist in the world and have a high status and whatnot. Um, I'm generalizing here, but most people want to do that. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I've seen a lot of people that do study um, for a grade in a course they don't even want to do. Right. And they just feel like they have to do it. Um, because it will make them a lot of money or because their parents will be impressed or because their friends will be impressed and you can apply this to lots of different things in life but I think a really good way to improve your life is to start thinking about what actually centers to you so what is actually making you feel happy and making you feel like your most authentic self um I'll use an example here during my master's I did not feel like I was my most authentic self I felt like I was in an environment that just didn't suit me um, I was studying for something that I don't know if I really even cared about. I was just doing it because I felt it was a course correction in my career. Um, I, I did an, a master's in international film production and I focused on production management. And I specifically had to do a lot of sort of location management, um, working with budgets, um, but also had to do a lot of sort of... Um, sort of communication with lots of people that were trying to get very political about things you know they had a lot of people fighting over different roles one person wanted to be higher than this person someone always got to win you know and I just felt I was uh, I was sort of like one of these people standing back looking at some kind of weird screwed up renaissance painting where I saw all these people fighting and I was in this really egoic environment you know what I mean it was like any moment now a horse is going to come in and someone's going to set fire to something because it was literally that chaotic and I felt like that was like a physical manifestation of how I felt in that moment, studying something that just did not really apply to me. Well, so yeah. that that made me realize I don't want to be here. And I felt incredibly alienated during that experience, actually, because it made me feel like I couldn't uh, I couldn't be a warm person because I felt I had to be really, you know, stoic and cold in an environment like this to get ahead. And that's not me. I'm, I can be like that. That is a part of me. Um, but I am much more of a warm, empathetic person. And I was trying to take an empathetic leadership role um, as, a, as a manager. And I found it very difficult because I wasn't in the environment that allowed me to be my most authentic self, where that would have been, you know, my go to approach. So if you are studying something or you're sort of trying to push yourself to be the best student, you're trying to push yourself to be in an environment that just doesn't suit you sit back and assess whether that is something you actually want to do. And you could apply Joachim's tip for the calendar thing where you do more social things so you can start to build up more, uh, you know, relationships with people. You can start to do more hobbies, you know, go to the gym, learn an instrument, learn a language, um, even just go and, you know, go to restaurants and enjoy more food or cook more food at home or something where you're experiencing life a bit more. And when we start to experience those moments, we we center ourselves back to who we're really meant to be. So that's sort of my overall tip. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, no. And indeed, you know, it's, it's it sounds sort of, you know, catch all thingy, but it is true. And it, uh, thanks for that example, because it does tell, you know, how that can feel for a lot of people, I guess, also studying, right? Trying to be what they think others uh, find well, or what is, you know, what their parents want or what gives them most success. Whereas the problem is that, you know, what probably the thing that will bring you most success is the thing that is truest to yourself. 
Uh, and that's definitely not what, you know, the, the herd of people is doing. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, and, you know, although it can be challenging, I think it's good to, yeah, again, uh, find that, try and find it and, uh, you know, search for it. Lovely tip. If it's good if you feel like you're fighting between two sides of yourself. You know, with the master's example, I, I was fighting between wanting to do that, but all I wanted to do was martial arts at the time. All I could think about mm. was going back to the dojo and doing my martial arts because that was what was making me so happy. Um, and I really, really enjoyed doing that because it gave me a sense of purpose and I really thrived there. I loved working with the people there. And, you know, I'd go back and I'd miss all the guys when I got back and I was able to do it. So... It made me realize um, I wanted to be in a place uh, not only with people who valued me, but also that um, I just felt so at peace doing something like that. Cool. Yeah. And what's your current uh, true self? <laughs> uh, my current true self is like a mirror with dust on it. Uh she can be authentic, but she's being clouded by things. So that's my, this is a tip to myself is to get closer to that. And one of my key things for this year is to start taking people out of my life that are not aligning to that authentic self. Um, or mm. I'm finding myself not being able to be myself with. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm like a mirror with dust on at the moment, but I'm slowly wiping the bits of dust up. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for that. That was a great tip. Uh, shall we go to the final and last tip, I guess? Uh, tip number six. Six, 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 six. Six, six. six. The devil's number. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and it might be a very uh, difficult tip for people, uh, but I think uh, it might uh, bring some joy and happiness. And uh, it's a very easy one. Uh, and it has all to do about, uh, you know, honesty and communication. Um, what I find is that, uh, you know, myself... Uh, Back in the days, uh, as a student, you know, a lot of uh, communication you weren't doing. So you weren't really telling other people how you're feeling. Uh, you weren't honest about your opinions or things that you uh, thought or believed or whatever. And, uh, you know, you're basically holding back a lot of things. And, uh, you know, that, that brings a lot of discomfort and sometimes also, um, yeah, sort of unawareness of a situation and therefore not, you know, knowing whether or not you're assessing a situation, right? So let me give you an example is when I was uh, starting as a PhD, uh, you know, I felt that, um, you know, it was difficult to, for example, go on a holiday because there were no scheduled holidays or whatsoever. Uh, and I felt that, you know, if I was going on a holiday, that would mean that I wasn't interested in what I was doing and I was let, letting people down. Uh, and then one of the great things that, that I did was to actually ask if that was true uh, to, my, uh, to my supervisors, right? To ask them, look, I have this feeling, how, what is your view on this? To sort mm -hmm. of check whether or not my assessment of this situation was correct or not. And funny enough, right, they, they thought the complete opposite thing they didn't feel like that at all they said no you know you're responsible for that you know taking those uh, breaks and i guess uh, you know uh, they'll be good for you and you can do them and currently you're doing well etc etc so that whole sort of picture that i build up uh, of discomfort sort of fell apart just by you know checking something and uh, asking for you know information or uh, confirmation if you like uh, yeah so that whole process of communicating uh, about, you know, your feelings uh, and checking them with others, uh, I think brings a lot of uh, ease 
Uh, and, you know, I think for students, similar thing. Look, if you are uh, not, um, if you're insecure, for example, about what to do for the exam, or if you're studying right, or if this is the right uh, course you're taking, the right study you're taking, why not communicate that out uh, to people that you trust uh, around you and, you know, seek for help rather than, you know, sort of sticking with it uh, yourself mm. or, you know, um, uh, if you don't understand something uh, that you're being taught, then, you know, go and talk with the lecturer and check or check if you did understand mm. it right or not, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things are just, you know, communication things. And I think, you know, that sort of openness uh, and seeking it actively uh, can bring a lot of, yeah, joy, I guess, for, uh, for people at, from my point of view. And then, yeah, often you see that, you know, what you are thinking, other people are thinking is definitely not true. Of course, the way, the way that things are and the way we perceive them are drastically incorrect sometimes. Yeah. And you know, you know, who, who, who are worst at this or worse at this, the, the worst at this, the Brits. And then I get called brutal for being honest. Like you're a bit brutal. I'm like, I am just being honest because I don't play the game of the of the BS. Sorry. But... Yeah, there you go. So this is what I'm saying, right? The Brits are the worst, except for you then, maybe. You're the brutal one. You're the brutal Brit. But the rest is I'm very German. All <laughs> holding up all kinds of things. So just go it out there, check it. And then we see whether or not uh, something is uh, is true, yes or no. It, but the thing is, it's gotten to the point now because of that, that when someone's super kind to me, I think, what, what game are you playing? <laughs> I'm like, you're too there genuine. You I don't, I'm like, it's manipulative almost. Just so co cotton candy sweet, I find it manipulative because you're not yeah, being this can't be true that you're so nice, right? There must be something behind this niceness, you know? Yeah, yeah. this is how it's going. Yeah, it's like, take the mask off, please, and just be yourself. Take off the Maybelline. I just want to see who you are, you know? Cheers. Yeah. And, you know, uh, although, and then again, I think what often is normal behavior or sort of where you go as a person towards is then to think, uh, okay, the other person should come to me and take away this feeling. Whereas I'm saying, no, you should go to the other person, right? You're the first person to take that step. Uh, and that's scary through that, but you know, it is helpful. And, you know, you and I also have it when we're like in the podcast, we're saying like, oh, well, maybe we should do this or that. Or you the other day said, yeah, you know, I said this and I felt this and, you know, Jochem, you weren't responding. To and I was like, yeah, right. But at least it's honest and it helps. Right. And, it, you know, you can sort of level a little bit instead of keeping all that inside. Well, I said that because I, it upset me and because I, I couldn't move forward with you until I told you that it upset me. So it's there you important go. to be honest. Otherwise, I would have just been yeah. like, do you know what? I'm starting to resent this and then I wouldn't be able to move forward. Yeah, it's your responsibility as well, like what you said. It, no one's going to come and save you and do it for you. No one's going to say, oh, I think, you know, Jochen needs a bit of help here and that. People just don't, people are very self-involved and they don't really, they don't really uh, have the time to assess you like that. So, you know, I started doing that a lot more, especially with like my friends. I've been like, you know what, can we meet? Because I, I want to talk about something. I need to get it off my chest because before I would never do that. So I'm a lot more honest with that. And sometimes, you know, it's received well and sometimes I get the olive branch smacked in my face, but I still try because it's important to have that level of communication. And I certainly didn't do that when I was a student, actually, because I didn't feel I could be myself completely because I wasn't as evolved as I am now, as egoic as that sounds. But you know what I mean? I wasn't sort of yeah. a fully formed Abigail. I was like a little Abby. So I wasn't able to sort of uh, do that. 
Um, and I, I think honesty is the key to everything um, in all aspects of life. And it's, I mean, as a student, especially when you're sort of going into sort of an area where it's very, it's very rigid. Um, it can be very corporate. It's very hard to be honest, because if you were honest, you would, you know, if, if you went to a job interview and said, why do you want this? Because I want money. Uh, because I want more holiday. <laughs> because well, because I damn well deserve it. Uh, I don't think it's going to be received as well. So honesty has its limitations. But I definitely think if you were like, look, I'm going to be honest here, blah 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 blah, it's it's much more well received than if you were to, you know, hold it in or point blank lie or etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah. I see your point. And very often people also respect it, you know, if you're honest about, you know, your motivation or your things about, or, you know, also honest about the time that you have or, uh, you know, uh, what you're willing to give to something, you know, honest communication helps a lot. And it starts with, you know, really it starts with talking, right? But talking about, you know, yourself and how another person, uh, you know, how you feel about you know, the other person, what you think about that other person thinks about you and then checking sort of, I think, you know, this whole sort of a, like a meta communication game. And I think that's super important. But a question I have for you is what if you um, are talking to somebody that you care about a lot and you want to tell them that, I don't know, something bothered you or there's something that's been in your, in your sort of communication for years and years, but you don't know how to say it because it would come off as really hurtful um, or it might sound like you want to push that person away. I mean, how would you approach that? Would you still say it or would you say, you know, it's better they don't know how I feel without that? Well, I think the don't knowing is already, you know, never do that. So, yeah, what I would say is exactly what you are now saying, namely introducing the problem that you have with saying it, namely, uh, mm. you know, the uh, that you are afraid of losing that person or afraid of, uh, uh, you know, making that person feel bad about itself or whatever, hurting that person, but that, mm. you know, it's something that you, uh, you know, want to get off your chest because otherwise it keeps hurting you. So I think, you know, by introducing it in that way to say, look, I don't want this to happen or this or this, and I feel that it might, but, you know, I also feel, yeah, I would do exactly what you just, I would say mm. exactly what you just said now, but then as an introduction to this whole thing, because that already takes, you know, a lot of the weight of it. And people, at least if they're good people, they should be receptive to that. Mm. No offense, but you're doing my head in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, copy paste what you just said and send it to the person you, oh, well, talk, huh? talk to the person that you want to talk with. Talk, yes. Boom, six tips for improving your student life. Awesome. Uh, what sh uh, you, you, did you want to go over prescriptive statements or shall we uh, shall we move uh, past that one? Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> oh well, you know, yeah, I don't know. Prescriptive statements, they, they are there. You know, you can get the motivational posters, and maybe we have actually given a lot of prescriptive statements. We well, we have. I think some prescriptive statements are like. Um, well they're not prescriptive but maybe they're just like what i'd call common sense like drink lots of water get up at a certain time uh you know don't be on your phone all the time um i just feel like it, maybe it's not prescriptive but it's just like well i already did i already knew that i already knew exercising was going to help me maybe it's like what you're saying it's like how can i do the steps to help me do it do i you know tomorrow I do a 30 minute walk or I have a thing where I, I, I walk every single day for a certain amount of time and then I build it up rather than just saying, you know, 
I'm going to drink a glass of water tomorrow. Of course you need to do that. You need to stay alive. Like, you know, just some stuff. It's like, this is just stupid. Yeah, I think, you know, you can look at the prescriptive statements and then think, okay, how am I going to do it? And then, you know, either you do it or you don't do it. Uh, but if you don't know how to do it, then that's another problem. And then, you know, she definitely try and seek help with friends, family, therapists, whoever is around you that could mm -hmm. help you with uh, realizing that. Because, you know, the prescriptive statements as such is not wrong, the, but, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the hate that I have against prescriptive statements is that they never tell you how to do it. So, you know, before you know it, you feel bad because you're not doing what you got prescribed. And that is, then you feel bad about yourself again. So, you know, it's always about, I, I find it much more helpful if there's, you know, something like a how thing. Uh, although I realize now that my own three tips uh, that I just gave not necessarily were a how thing. So <laughs> I'm also, uh, I'm also blamed uh, for this. We only have a time limit here when, you know, if we had a book to plug, that would have been a bit easier. But uh, it's like, this is the run up to the book, but we don't have that. So <laughs> yeah, we don't. Oh yeah. We should uh, do our own uh, six rules of life. Well, I'm doing something similar to that, aren't I? Well, not, but you know, I don't think we could be doing it right. unfortunately. Yes. Well, mine's a yeah, little that bit name is not said on this podcast. Sorry, he who shall not be named. No. Apologies. He who shall not be named Voldemort. <laughs> 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 oh no, not a Harry Potter quote. All right, oh, shall we God go to sake. our? Uh, yeah, there we are again. There we are again. Little Harry Potter. Uh, I am. Uh, shall we go to the the update? All right, here we go. Update number two. Uh, did you know, Abigail, that uh, Harry Styles did something disgusting this week? I yeah, did you did not. because you sent me the article. But anyway. <laughs> I was playing <laughs> along with you, darling. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you were helping me because otherwise I would have never known it. So uh, for the people, uh, the, this amazing Harry Styles fact, and I love Harry Styles, right? Everybody knows that. And, uh, you know, he and I are best friends. But, you know, I'm, Harry Styles this week tried out a disgusting Australian tradition uh, during a gig in uh, Perth. Uh, and according to this uh, uh, article in the Huffington Post, it's wrong on every level. Who are they to judge? Yeah, exactly. Matt Backwall. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> No, uh, so yeah, Harry uh, did what is called, and you know, the Formula One people already know this uh, from uh, Ricciardo, who is also Australian, who is Australian. But apparently, a, a Australian tradition is to uh, do a shoey, and a shoey is basically fill up your shoe with alcohol and then drink it. Use your shoe as a glass, and this is what Harry mm -hmm. did uh, during a Perth gig, apparently. Uh, and then uh, you know, uh, Harry said. This is one of the most disgusting, disgusting traditions I've ever witnessed, he said to the crowd. And then he said, I feel like a different person and I feel ashamed of myself. Why, Harry? So Why? he should. It's... So he should. Well, now he, he, it feels so personal. 
such an intimate moment to be shared with so many people. <laughs> so it was apparently a very intimate moment. To drink out of your... Sh wow. It's not what Bear Grylls does when he's like running out of like water he just pisses into a shoe and then drinks it that's like a survival well, tactic yeah I, I guess i guess i guess if, if bear girls didn't have you know a water bottle with him all the time as, <laughs> as a basic thing that he always you know he walks in the center of london bear girls with a water bottle because you never know when you're gonna uh, end up so he this guy seriously said that he has like a flintstone around his neck all the time the man thinks that he's gonna be like in in the, in the bush at any moment so he's he always just prepared <laughs> I love it. Well, you never know. Yeah. Do you know? Do, well, you do never the know. SAS or do the SAS ever leave you? Like he probably has a lot of shiz going on in the head. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, a flint as a, around your neck. You know. All right. Well, maybe. Anyway, uh, let's just get back to our little Harry uh, because Harry <laughs> then did say something very nice that shows that uh, Harry knows what he's talking about. Because he said, you know, I feel like a different person. I feel ashamed of myself. I feel so personal. Uh, it feels so personal. Such an intimate moment to be shared with so many people. And then he continued on to say, I'll be discussing this with my therapist at length. <laughs> at length. <laughs> love it. Very good, Harry. We appreciate that. We uh, love, yeah, we love Harry, a self-aware king. <laughs> yeah, he's very self-aware. And now let's just hope that he wasn't forced by the Australian people to do a shoey, that he actually wanted to do it himself. And then the Huffington Post closes down this article really nicely with, he might want to check he hasn't got athlete's mouth too. That was literally what I thought. I was like, you would drink that and it'd be like the taste of athlete's foot, trench foot. I just, no. Well, you know, again, this shows the limits of your thinking and your creativity as well as from the Huffington Post, <laughs> because we don't really know what Harry put in his shoe, right? If this is like 70% alcohol, there's no need to worry about athlete's mouth because oh, the alcohol would have already killed that. everything. Oh, you see, you're so smart. Yeah. I don't think that because well, I'm not again, smart. So Matt uh, Backwell, uh, you know, get your sources over there. I'm counting on Matt Backwell to help me out finding what was actually in the shoey, but I guess it was beer uh, and 14, well, 8% or 6% alcohol it was probably water. doesn't kill. Was it water? Oh, then it was. Then it was a new Let shoe. Me look. Then, you know. Because then, if it's water, I feel vindicated by my athlete's foot statement. Yeah. All right. But if it, you know, if it was water, is first of all, it's a little, a little, yeah. You know, you know, if you do it, then Drinks go at it, water. you know, full force. Drinks yeah. All right. But on the other hand. We can't blame Harry. I mean, you know, if he drinks like, a, a, you know, he's probably got size, what is it, 11. So, you know, if that is full with alcohol, he can't sing the next week. So, you know, that will be difficult. Oh, I just imagine like dancing around on stage. Oh, no, I just couldn't look at Yeah. <laughs> Not for me, oh, yeah. I'm afraid. Uh, well, we, uh, let's, let's hope that we get another uh, song by Harry on the next album called My Shoey. 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 Sure. Yeah. That is the Harry update for this week. By the way, it's weird, by the way. It says Harry. It's like Harry update, as if I'm, you know, telling you about my haircuts or my <laughs> manscaping. The Harry Styles update. I'll update. Harry Styles hup, hup. update. The hup update. Hup, hup, hup Harry. Hup, hup Harry. <laughs> if, you know, people want like a nice affirmation on loop uh, when they sleep, I will give it to them and I will tell them. You're awesome. You're the best in the world. Shall I whisper? Abigail loves yeah. you. Yeah. 
Oh, Jesus. No, that's going to give everybody nightmares. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. That's another thing. Yeah. We can do like thriller readings by you. Yeah. But the mics were good, though. The wanks were really good. All right. Yeah, Lovely good. people. See you next week. Uh, See you next and, week. And uh, till next time. Bye.